Hello, and welcome to the Diaspora Chiefs Podcast. We love having you here. This show is for ambitious Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who want to start, grow, and scale their business. And it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, high income skills, and know-how on all things digital to create the best lifestyle for you and your family. We know that you have it in you. And now, let's get started with the Diaspora Chiefs host, Victor Osio. Welcome to episode 003 of the Diaspora Chiefs podcast. Today, uh, we'll be having a feature from our Diaspora Growth Summit. Um, we're having Keely Taverner. She is a psychotherapist that um, started adulthood as a mother of two, working as a cashier at a KY trapped in an abusive relationship with a narcissist. Um, she was raised by a single mother on a, on, a, on a London council estate where school housed them, as she says, rather than engineer, them, uh, engineer their mind for success. She left school with no qualification, prospect, ambition, or self-belief. Self-help books were solace for her, and uh, one day as she sorted through an abandoned car at the checkout in Ikea, she like um, she got her what she would call a yellow bag epiphany when she heard the inner voice speaking to her that clearly you can do better than this. She listened, and step by step, brick by brick, she began to rebuild her life from women's refuge to fighting for a place at a university, to coaching prisoners, to running her own practice, key for change. Kili has boldly passionately, courageously defy the odds and now she's on a mission to help others do the same. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Keely Taverner to this episode. Welcome. Thank you for that intro. Thank you. It's, it's the first time I've used that bio. It's a new one that I've written. So it's, it's really interesting to hear, you know, my journey from, you know, a council estate in Northwest London to being on the tills to now having my own business and being a director. So yeah, it's really, it's really heartwarming to hear that. Thank you. So what do you actually do as a psychotherapist? So people come to see me when what they're doing no longer works in their life and their joy is being robbed from them. So for example, sometimes people are in difficult relationships. So I was someone who was in a relationship with someone who was narcissistic narcissistic people are people who are incredibly selfish they only see things through their own lens and you usually they go for women who are highly empathic who focus on their needs and in the end we do suffer for that so that's an area where I specialize I also help people who have got to a point in life where like I said what they're doing is no longer working and their joy is being robbed from them I help them to understand why, where that's come from, and I support them to move forward. So we'll look at what the blocks are, what holds them back. Is it people, relationship, is it their environment, or is it their thinking? You know, so we kind of focus on the external and the internal. Often people come to me when they've been to their doctors and they don't want medication. They really don't want to go on antidepressants or anxiety tablets. They they kind of know that they need to do something about how they operate in the world rather than medicate. 
So I'm often the last resort, if I'm quite frank with you, people would rather do aromatherapy, any, any massage therapy, retail therapy before they come to me. I'm often seen as the last option. And I think because I'm a therapist, people aren't always, people don't talk about going to therapy because there's a taboo around that. But it is changing. It is changing. Okay. This summit is about entrepreneurs and business growth. So right now, I want you to um, take us to a mindset kind of. So my question will be now, how do you set your mind for business growth? So if you want to switch it. Mm -hmm. Okay, how did I? I think I didn't really know. I think one of the things that happened was when I was training, I, so like I said, I'm from an inner city council estate in London. And when I was training, I was training with people who were from a very middle, upper middle class background. And actually what was clear was that they never thought twice about opening their own business. It wasn't even a big hurdle. And I think being around that mindset was particularly helpful for me because it, it, it was like, well, if they can, then why can't I? So one of the first things for me was actually about getting around different people. I didn't know that that was what I was doing. I didn't know it was subconscious, but actually moving in a different circle with people who didn't, it wasn't a big deal to them. It meant that I upped my game as well and I think that was one of the most important things that I did for me was to move in a different circle because my aspirations automatically went up okay okay so that was first I think secondly I also began to realize that with the recession I wasn't going to walk into a job as a therapist and I found that really humiliating because I didn't train all these years to then not be a therapist. I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous. So for me, another aspect was that I would start my own practice. I was, like I said, I was around my peers who didn't have any hang up about that. So I knew that to some degree I'd have to create an opportunity. I was going to create an opportunity for myself because they didn't want to pay people in my job. In my in my field so those two things were really going on something about my mindset and about the environmental conditions that weren't encouraging me to feel that yeah i'll go and get a job okay so can you just take us through like like a step-by-step process that you mm-hmm. okay so if i'd say first i think it was getting around different types of people yeah people they they, they often hear this you know i don't want to be the smartest person in the room And that was definitely something that happened to me when I shifted. Um, I think it was also looking at, it's a bit like a SWOT analysis, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. There were no opportunities out there for me. So it became clear that I had to make those for myself. I think another aspect was rejection. Rejection was something that I was experienced, even when I tried to stay in my job and tried to move up. So I used to be a probation officer. Uh, working in prisons so even when I kind of was a bit unsure oh let me get a job every time I did I didn't I didn't for whatever reason um I didn't get through so that rejection instilled um the adversity instilled something in me which was about actually I need to be able to make it on my own terms and what I realized is because I was moving into an area of business I'd never been in business before the first thing I did was get, I got a coach. So I got a business coach. His name was Opie Onus. Um, I, I think he's from Nigeria as well. And um, he coached me for six months to help me to bring my ideas to life, think about 
you know, how I would present my vision, my ideas. I also had a launch. So he was, you know, I think with that kind of gusto and spirit that he had, I wasn't really into doing any launches. You know, I was a bit like, let me hide away. Like, no, we're going to have a big launch. We're going to tell everybody in the borough, you find the mayor. And he went all in. So he really pulled that out of me to ensure that I made a noise about what I was going to create. So I think those three factors are, are or maybe four, you might have to count for me, Victor, which yeah. was getting around different people. Yeah, the, environment, um, the mindset. I think, yeah, getting around different mindset, lack of opportunity, yeah. adversity, um, and then, you Crazy. know, getting a coach. But ultimately, as I said to you before, having faith was really important. I felt that actually I was, I was making, you know, having a relationship with God and saying, listen, if you... I'm, I've done the best I can and actually I'm going to create this, but I'm taking the leap of faith by leaving my job. So faith has been really fundamental in my growth. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. So what I was asking now is, you said about you said something about adversity now. So mm-hmm. for, for the African and Caribbean um, entrepreneurs that are currently on a still, on a still, their business is kind of still now. Say they have like, um, they have 10 clients that they're servicing. So for the next the next six months or for the next one year, they've made, they have really made um, a target that's okay. I don't want to be where I am right now in the next 12 months. So how do you think they need to like change um, their mindset? I think one thing that has set me apart from my contemporaries is that I have always had a coach because if I'm left to my own devices, I'll meander, I will put the difficult tasks off. And so I think what I've realized about me is I've always paid people to help me bring my vision, grow my vision. And I think in these times of, you know, everything being accessible on the internet and YouTube videos that sometimes people think they can do everything by themselves. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, I respect that for some people that works. But I just know for me, I know I'm very clear about what my strengths are. I know what my deficit skills are. So for me, having my coach with me is is what helps me to counteract that, you know. And I think for for me, that's been fundamental and throughout my business from its inception. I've always had a coach. And if I don't have one, I start to just, I start to coast. So, and now I'm in a position where I now coach other people, other therapists starting their business. So it's it's become another strand to my business because people think, oh, well, how have you been able to do it? Or so I have therapy rooms that I rent out to other therapists or they'll come along and say, well, how do you do it? Well, I'm like, well, you know, I've had a coach and I can help coach you too. So I think that's been of paramount um, importance. Um, I think also in terms of growth is you, you, it really depends on your business model as well, you know, and, and your strengths, you know, we, we can, there's lots of things you can do in your business. You know, we've got apps for this and apps for that, but you've also got to know what are your weak areas. I don't do detail. I'm a visionary. I have big ideas, but I'll get bored bringing them to life because I find that boring. Lots of people don't know their mindset. They don't know their strengths. So, you know, any assistance that I have, my assistants have to be anal. They have to be the people that love the detail because I just want to give them the vision, let you lot run with it. So I think knowing your deficits and your strengths is an absolute, absolute gold in business, especially when it comes to growth. And, and I think 
definitely having courage and being able to step outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, I think I think the last one, having courage to step out of your comfort zone, it's really what stops people from stepping out. Well, I think you know to elaborate on the aspect of fear. For me, what I quite quickly worked out was for me in business, I worked out that the antidote to fear was faith. Yeah. So. You know, fear is these ideas conjuring up in my mind of what could happen. And the bridge in between is action. Mm. The only way you'll know if your your, your fear is true is you have to act upon it. So for me, having a business has been experiential learning, experiential learning, not book learning. I can read books all day, but the only way you're going to know is you need to plant your seed. Yeah. And with that comes risk. With that comes risk for every video I post on YouTube Every video I post on Instagram, I'm taking a risk. I could offend somebody. Somebody might like it. I don't know what might happen. But that, even on it, even that of itself, you're taking a risk. You're being brave. You know, I'm standing up and I'm putting myself out there. I could be attacked. I could be chastised. So I think there is something about risk that you people need to get comfortable with because predictability and you know whilst it's great to have plans i think there's a certain amount of um, uncertainty that you have to be familiar with and to take calculated risks you know but it depends on your mindset you know some people take big risks so again it goes back down into knowing having a a certain amount of self-insight yeah you know most of um, the business business owners from um, the african caribbean community most of them, they, we are, they are like um, small businesses. Mm-hmm. How would you encourage them to, like, to grow, to, go, to get out of their comfort zone? I think, I think there comes a point when you realize you will have to shell out money, you know, um, which is difficult, especially maybe if you don't have money. But um, there comes a point where you have to put a, a certain amount of investment in the, vis- in the vision that you have you know, for yourself. Now, I think, you know, in terms of being, I don't know, a mumpreneur or being at home in terms of like your skills and your deficits, you know, one of the things that I've done in the past, I even do it to now is to trade skills, you know, so someone might need something from me and I'll be like, well, if you can do this for me, I'll do that for you. And so that skill swap can also be particularly helpful. You know, learning how to trade in non-traditional, non-monetary ways. Yeah, that can also be helpful. So now I have these offices, I can also trade in different ways that maybe I could have never traded before. So it's also about, I think you get a hunger and you get, well, I have, you get savvy and you start to think slightly outside of the box. I think it's also about being open to new ideas even some of the traditional things that we used to do you know such as a skill swap is particularly helpful and i think for me what i've worked out is um when is the optimal time of the day for you there's there's tasks i have to do it's the end of the it's beginning of the month i haven't done my finances yet i don't like those tasks when is it best for me to do those tasks in the morning get it out the way getting the worst jobs out the way so it's also about how do you strategize against yourself especially if there's an element of your uh of your of your business that you hate that bores you to tears you know how how can i make this best for me sometimes it's coming out of my house going and sitting in the coffee shop another thing that i'll be doing this month is buddying up with somebody so we'll meet at westfield and we'll do work on wednesdays work wednesdays you know it sounds really basic but work wednesdays we go, we meet, we knuckle down. Other times in my life, I've had a little timer. So I think it's about, you have to be learning about yourself all the time in it and the strengths, the weaknesses, the tasks you absolutely loathe. And over time, like myself, you know, giving away more, 
paying out money to other people. There comes a point when you need to pay people and giving away more, letting go. Yeah. In the early days, if that's not what we're able to do, fair enough. But how can we strategize? Get the kids involved, you know? Hmm. All those kind of creative ways that we can utilize. Yeah. That's a, fan that's a fantastic one. Because um, you need to Just be so your son pop in there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's an example of you know mm -hmm. you you know he may be able to help you with editing you know because kids are great at this sort of stuff it can yeah. be a skill set he develops mm -hmm. it's what he wants to be a youtuber he wants to have his own there you go there you go doing stuff yeah yeah and i, really and I think that. you know self-sabotage is something that we need to be really careful of in business you know because in as a therapist i i help my clients with self-sabotage in terms of their relationships or, but actually in business, it's really important because we can shoot ourselves in the foot. Oh. And for me, my coach is always helpful at pulling me up and saying, what's going on here, Keely? What's this about? Oh, is yeah. this you playing small, playing small? So that's also something to, you know, self-sabotage in business is something to be very aware and mindful of. Can you give us, can you give us an example, one or two examples of self-sabotaging in business? Um, so for example, one of the ways that I'd self-sabotage is sometimes if I'd get an email in for a big job, because my inner critic would be kicking in like, oh my God, you don't know how to do that. You don't know how to do that. I'd delay responding. Mm. So just that small thing. And I'll tell my coach and then she'll be like, respond, then go and learn it. You'll learn it, but don't delay respond. Mm. So those are some of the ways that self-sabotage can creep up. Um, something that I've been working on at the moment is to get a group going and I can hear the voices every time you do to go to do a group Keely it doesn't work it's that the other so now what I do is I tell my coach those inner that inner voice that inner criticism mm -hmm. I talk that through in my coach and so she's helped me to develop what we've called a seed launch so that's where I'll test out my idea with people offering free coaching for them to come along and ask me questions about worthiness so now i have someone who i can trust um and i have that conversation with her and procrastination can be you know spending time on this talking to to guys you know sometimes i just want the distraction i just want the light-hearted talk mm -hmm. we have to be careful of that that that's a form of self-sabotage and sometimes that is easier you know and you know, like I said to you before, I like quick wins. Mm -hmm. And when I'm sitting at the laptop, having to battle out, draw out an idea, oh, I just need, sometimes I need a distraction. So we have to be really mindful about the ways that we can screw ourselves over. Yeah, you spoke, so you spoke something just now, you just touched on worthiness. What does that, uh, what does worthiness have to do with self-sabotaging? Um, so, for example, worthiness is, for me as a therapist, worthiness is something that seems to cut across um, lots of issues with my, my clients. So I've created a program that is about worthiness. So that is something that I'll be looking forward. But worthiness is also linked to us in business. And that's what I'm discovering as a psychotherapist that actually, you know, psychology is in so much because worthiness is about how we might feel uncomfortable when a bigger opportunity when an opportunity comes for us to step up mm -hmm. that can tap into if we used to be in an underdog 
if we're used to being sidelined, if we're not comfortable being in the limelight, then that worthiness, a lack of worthiness, may start to impact on our business. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So we that is something that I'm particularly aware of, especially with myself, who, you know, like I said, I've come from a council estate. I didn't go to a, a school that was preparing us for greatness. So I'm very much aware of, you know, what it, what it, how it, you know, how it can, I can feel uncomfortable. So at the moment I'm writing a book and I'm talking about how uncomfortable I feel because of my, my grammar and my English, because, you know, I feel like I wasn't educated to write properly. You see? So every time I write, I'm like, Oh, I can hear myself say, Oh, it's rubbish. She doesn't read well, but it's not true. It's the voice in my head, you see? Mm -hmm. So you have to be very careful. So what do I do about it? One, I articulate the pain. I tell my coach. Two, I get it proofread. You see? Yeah. You know, and so the coaches that I have are, are, are very clear about my story and my challenges, and they really support me and assist me, you know, when those elements of self-sabotage or not feeling good enough come up because they play a part in, in our, can play a part. You know, I know um, often, you know, people from Nigeria, you know, that they're very confident and they don't see no, and it can be done, it can be done. But, you know, so some of those cultural elements can be very beneficial. You know, my coach was from Nigeria and he, he doesn't know, can't, can't do, you can't tell him that. You're not having it. And that was really helpful for me you know, getting going, but actually it would rear its head in other ways. So it was really important for me to get clear about how my unworthiness would sometimes come through and self, and I would self-sabotage by not capitalizing on opportunities or giving opportunities away to somebody else. And I'm like, I can do that. And that's still something I still have to be mindful of because one thing I hate to do is to feel like I'm selling. I never sell in any of my videos. Yeah. And I don't like it. It feels desperate. It just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. You know, so one thing my coach and I've worked on is like, well, how could you be of service to people? Now that changes it because, you know, I can go to events and feel like I could do a better job than that. My coach is like, well, why don't you tell the event host, let you help her? But I never do because I always think, oh, no, no, they think I'm selling. Mm -hmm. But actually, one way to reframe that was, what, how can I best help them to improve their service? It takes all that away. I really, I really enjoyed our conversation. I've learned a lot about um, self-sabotage. Well, I just wanted to add one thing, actually, because, okay. you know, when you're in business for yourself, the challenge is you bring your flaws and your greatnesses with you. So whatever hang-ups you've got as a human being, they will follow you into business. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very careful. You know, if you like, if, we, if someone like, like gold diggers, you know, then you need to be careful. If you like high maintenance women, you need to be careful because these can also have a, a negative, you could create your business. But then if you're spending all your money on hot totty, that's going to create a problem. So the personal impacts on business and, and I am of the view that, that might be potentially because I'm a therapist that we need to, to get clear, keep things in check because it can sabotage your personality traits. Yeah. yeah. Your personality traits. So, you know, for me, when I started my business, 
I had to lose my car. I lost my car because it didn't make sense paying off a car. So I took the bus and the train. Now, if your swagger is that you don't take bus, you have to have the latest, then that attitude is going to impact on you in business. Because when you need to cut costs, mm -hmm. when you need to take the bus or the train, but you've set yourself up as the swagger don who has to have the latest whip, that can like, create all manner of issues. Mm -hmm. That could be a leakage. It can be a, it can be a whole manner of issues from, you know, taking out loans, over-promising, borrowing, not delivering. So, you know, I think there is something about how you get, you get, you have to work. Well, my view, you know, you, how can you be humble? How can you, you know, do How can you sow into your vision? You know? And so I think some of our personal baggage, our emotional baggage flips right over into our business. So, so if I want to ask you just one, just one more question, because um, we're looking at time now. I want to ask you just one more question. How do we take a quick stab at, not, not stab, how do we take a quick go at uh, overcoming self-sabotaging in business when, uh, yeah, how do we take a quick go at overcoming There's, there's one thing I encourage my clients to do who I coach, which is to take a free personality test. Because that will give you a certain basic insight into your personality. So that can be helpful. So that's how I know that I am a, the big thinker. I don't see the, the detail. I see the big vision. This is why I'll start things and then I'll come stuck because I'll be like, oh, I didn't think about that. So I'd say one way is to take um, a personality test. I think people also have to be prepared. What are you prepared to sacrifice? people need to think about what they're prepared to sacrifice because having a dream and a vision is is a beautiful thing and everybody has one but what most people are not prepared to do is to make sacrifices okay if i may ask what what, what was the sacrifice that you made what are the sacrifices that you made that holidays i walked i i didn't drive for a number of years to this day i still live at home you know because that makes financial sense to me you know, so there's lots of sacrifices and I'm not someone who's going to pretend that I'm living in a big house with a big fat car. I'm not. That's not the situation as it is. I believe in my vision and I believe I'm in this for the long haul. And so I am prepared to sacrifice, you know, so to some, you know, sometimes you could feel inadequate. I'm watching my friends who are starting to have different milestones, having their own home all of those things, but I'm prepared to make this because I believe in what I do. And I know that it's not going to be about quick wins. For me, it's not about a quick win. It's about the longer term vision and being wise and knowing that what I'm doing is making a difference and trusting my, trust in the journey. Because Keely can get frustrated. I could be frustrated. I think, well, if I would have stayed in a job, I would have got this, done this, had this by now. I don't like to say stay humble because often people who say you're humble, you miss the point. If you're saying you're humble, then you don't. How can you be? Because you miss the point. Humility is. But it's about, you know, how do you make it happen and keep yourself in, keep your ego in check. Yep. That's a big problem for people. Everybody want to have 120 pound trainers. No, so I just wanted you to share some light on, on, on sacrifices. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think for me, you know, it's about, it's very clear, you know, about your money money mindset and thinking, start to think about assets. Yeah. Because, you know, assets. Because those, 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 those that are watching us right now, they, they, it's all about the mind and the body, all, all about the mind, the money, so and they need to grow. So thank you. And thank like you. I said, my biggest investment has been in me, in this. Mm -hmm. this has been my biggest investment 
I don't have assets, I won't lie. I don't have assets, but I have this. And with this, I can create. Mm -hmm. And I might not be where I want to be right now, but I am patient and I'm diligent. And I trust this process because look where I am now. I used to be on a tech out at Ikea, scanning candles and telling people to leave the yellow bag behind. <laughs> and now today I have an office with a doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists who hire from me. You know, this part of my business, I could take somewhere else. I could put it in central London. I could put it in Ealing, Richmond. This, this doesn't have to have me in it. Mm -hmm. So by God's grace, you see, I create something here. This is a test pilot and it can go elsewhere and it doesn't need me. I've created videos. My videos, the content's evergreen. Absolutely. So my videos can always be shared years later because people will always have relationship challenges. You know, these are products. So I'm wising up now in terms of the different ways that I can create products. So I don't always have to be working, working, working. And that's the strategic thinking. Uh, we know that you're very busy. So thank you very much for having this live conversation with us today. And uh, no we are grateful. We, the, the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Growth Summit, um, audience, we want to say thank you very much. And um, on behalf of the team here, we want to say thank you as well. So for gracing us with your, with your, is there one, is there one actual tool that you use? Just one, just one tool that you actually use? Yeah. Faith. Faith. Oh, that's a strong one. Yeah. Amen. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for this. And we'll, All right. we'll chat later then. Bye. All right. Take care, V. Yeah, bye. Bye. My Diaspora Sheaves, thank you for hanging out with us today on this episode. More info and show notes can be found online at um, www.diasporasheaves.com. Please subscribe and share this podcast with friends and ambitious Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who wants to start and launch um, the digital lifestyle business. Thank you and I'll see you next week for a new episode.